0: This is a Watchdog Morning Show Rewind. Here's Howard Monroe. Our uh, guest for the uh, segment here, Chuck Wood, actually also has a business in Center Wheeling, which is not why he's here, but maybe we should mention that. You, you got your bookstore down there, too, right, uh, Right, Chuck?
1: That's right, Howard. I do. Uh, 1900 Market Street, Vigilant Books. We've been open about three years. What's No, it's been three years since we opened, and we were closed 18 months for COVID. Uh, so somehow we survived and uh open Fridays and Saturdays. In fact, I brought for you, Howard, two copies of my own personal books that I published recently that are for sale at the bookstore. One's about Wheeling in 1850, a murder mystery, and the mm-hmm. other is our Phillips house about the the house we lived in. I I wrote a, a story about it. You um I don't want
0: to spend a lot of time on this because I want to talk about the the moon and stuff, but you are a very busy man. I mean, you got vigilant books. You do an awful lot of writing. I know that. A lot of writing, a lot of research and stuff.
1: But you have to have great time management, I guess. And a good family, too. I was just going to say, my, my wife is so wonderful. Uh, all my life, she's allowed me to sit in the study, to go into in the office, to go to the laboratory and do work. So I work full-time at Wheeling University still. Uh, I run the bookstore I've, uh, I've published three books in the last two years. I'm writing three more right now, including a new lunar atlas. Um, so I'm, I'm so lucky to have the energy, first of all. I'm an old, old guy now, but I still have a lot of energy. And as long as my uh, brain holds up, as well as my body, I'll keep going. Well, let's talk about the lunar atlas that you have and some
0: of the work you've done in mapping the moon and in talking and in working on lunar projects before.
1: You, you had a really early interest in your life in, in the moon, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, I, I saw an eclipse of the moon where the, earth's shadow, the moon moves into the earth's shadow when I was in about the fifth grade. And I thought, my gosh, I don't even see that shadow of the earth when I look into, into the night sky. But if there's something to intersect the shadow, the moon... Uh, you realize that there's this huge shadow that's projected out millions of miles into space. And that, uh, in fact, that was one of the ways that the ancient Greeks learned that the Earth was spherical, was a ball, because they could see the shadow of the Earth on the moon wasn't a straight line. It was curved. So uh, I've, I've been interested in the moon all my life, since the fifth grade. I've been lucky. I've, I've had jobs at NASA and other places where I could study the moon. I've trained astronauts. Um I've, I've written a moon article for Sky and Telescope magazine for 21 years. So I, I think I'm really moon addled. <laughs> Chuck, you have to have
0: felt the way I did. Uh, you know, of course, I remember watching Neil Armstrong land on the moon. I watched all of the lunar orbiting and then the lunar landings. And, and, and I was all excited. And we, we did it a num- number of times. And then we, it was kind of like we said, well, been there, done that, and we quit. And I've used this phrase many, many times over the last 50 years almost. Uh, if you had told me uh, back when we were landing on the moon that my kids would be adults and I would have a grandson and none of them ever had been alive when man was on the moon, I wouldn't have believed it. I wouldn't have believed that 50 years later, these, my kids would never have known
1: such a thing as a man on the moon. What the heck happened? I think this is the first time in humanity's history that we've done a tremendous exploration and then stopped. Uh, 50 years after Columbus discovered this hemisphere uh, for the Europeans, 50 years after that, there were over 500,000 Europeans living in North and South America. 50 years, 500,000. And by by 100 years later, there were a couple million. 50 years after... Going to the moon, we have had zero people on it for 50 years. I mean, why in the world would somebody stop a magnificent technological, cultural achievement like that? And it's because of politics. Why, why did we go to the moon? It wasn't because science and we wanted to understand how the moon and the Earth and the solar system formed, which we've learned a lot of by going to the moon. But we were doing it to compete with Russia to show that we were more sophisticated as a country. And now one of the reasons we're going back is China is going to the moon. China has sent three landers to the moon, one of which has brought back samples to the earth, uh, one of which has landed on the far side, which no spacecraft has ever landed on before. So part of the reason we're going back right now instead of five years, 10, 10 years, 15 years from now, is we have competition again. We have political reasons again. I think a lot of folks do forget
0: and I think it's really important that you point it out and that we remind people, we did not go to the moon yeah, President Kennedy said all of those really neat things about we throw our hat over the wall and blah 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 blah. and I I don't mean to diminish that I mean that was the challenge Uh, but the truth of the matter is we went to the moon we went to the stars, we went to the space because First, we had political concerns over Russia, military concerns over Russia, and maybe tertiary there were some economic issues there. It really wasn't because this great sense of exploration and we want to just see what's out there. Wish it was, but that wasn't the reason
1: at all. There were very realistic concerns. So, Yeah, and that's like Columbus. Columbus didn't go to discover a new land. He died not knowing he had discovered a new continent. Uh, Columbus went there to find a faster Way to get to the near to the Far East to bring back all those wonderful Chinese trade goods, and when the Muslims came along and conquered so much of, of India and the the Middle East, it was no longer easy to go to China, the the normal way around Africa and go to India and whatnot. Uh, so they stopped us from from going to China the most direct route, and and so the King and Queen of Spain wanted to get all the fantastic trade opportunities with, with the East by sailing around the world. Columbus convinced them it was spherical, which everybody who was educated had known for 1,500 years. So we stopped going
0: to the moon, but now we're going back. Artemis One was uh, supposed to go up on Monday. It had, I think they said a fuel tank leak or something of that nature that, that delayed it until I think it's rescheduled for Saturday. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But this will be an unmanned, I think there will be dummies on board, but an unmanned uh, spacecraft, which is simply
1: going to circumnavigate the moon. Is that correct? Yeah, basically it's a totally new system of of rockets, even though it's made from spare parts left over from the shuttle and and other missions, and a totally new capsule that will carry the humans to the moon. So that all has to be tested. NASA has developed a very... um, uh, significant way to in- ensure safety and that we get more concerned with that every time we have an accident in space so that we test the hardware first and then after the hardware we put humans in and fly a, a reduced mission and then finally we do what the goal is. So Artemis 1 is just to test the whole system and, it, and typically when we flew to the moon before it took three days to get there we'd circle the moon a couple days and then come back. Now we're going on a 42 day trip To the moon Mm -hmm. uh, with Artemis one it's going to go and circle the moon be in a much bigger orbit further away the furthest away any crewed capsule even though there's no crew in it yet have been from earth to to totally test the system things won't work exactly right so they'll come back and tweak them and fix them and then Artemis two which hopefully will be in 2024 is going to take a crew of four this this new bigger uh, rocket and the bigger capsule we have can seat four people instead of three, like Apollo. And they will go down uh, near the moon but not land. And the, that's exactly what we did with Apollo. Apollo 8 went uh, close to the moon, circled the moon. Uh, everything was tested except the actual landing itself. So they, they made sure that the system of separating the lander from the main rocket that would bring the astronauts back to Earth, that system worked. And then Apollo 11 was when everything happened, and even then we almost didn't make Apollo 11. All the alarms were going off. the The place where they had planned to land was was uh, rocky, too rocky to land. Neil Armstrong could see that looking out the window, and and so he had to fly further to find a safe spot to land. But they only had so much fuel, and they they were about a about a half minute from crashing into the moon because they had no fuel when he put down the Apollo 11 capsule. So uh, space flight is extraordinarily complex and difficult. Uh, In the last year, Israel and um, oh, what was the other country Uh, sent spacecraft to land on the moon, not with humans, just with robotic landers, and both of them crashed. It's hard. It's hard to build a rocket that can withstand the tremendous temperatures the tremendous pressures and the acceleration and, and deceleration. So that's what happened 50 years ago. The Russians and American spacecraft mostly crashed until we perfected how to do it. 2024, we're going to send Artemis 2 up, which will theoretically
0: uh, have uh, humans in it, and but will not land, as, if, as I understand what you're saying.
1: When do we anticipate literally putting man or woman back on the moon again? next year 2025 the year after artemis 2. II. artemis 3 uh, has a lander and it's amazing to me almost all the publicity is about we're going to land a woman on the moon and we're going to land a, a minority uh, person on the moon that you know the the russians sent a woman not to the moon but in the space and then finally we did afterwards uh, so this this will be great we want to exactly show that men and minorities and every sort of american is capable of doing these extraordinarily difficult tasks we've we've learned we didn't know it during apollo but we learned that a woman did the orbital computations to get apollo to the moon a west virginia woman for example so we're we're proving visually in a very dramatic fashion that all americans no matter their ethnicity or their their gender uh, are, are capable of doing these marvelous things chuck i only have about three minutes left but so is this in preparation for perhaps
0: sending man and woman to Mars? I mean, is this, does this tie into that effort to eventually
1: uh, put humans uh, uh, elsewhere in, in the solar system? Right. We, Mars is a long way away. It takes six months to get to Mars. It takes three days to get to the moon. Mars, uh, you can't fly there and land on like we did to Apollo and the moon and come back three days later. <laughs> Mars, because it's so far away and you have to make your orbits launch and land at, at certain times only, Um, it's going to take almost two years for a round trip to Mars. We don't have a spacecraft yet that will last for two years with humans in it. Uh, One of the things we've learned with the space station that we've had up there now and the Russians have had for decades is that you constantly have to repair things. There's there's a real question whether we can carry enough spare parts to send Mm -hmm. the spacecraft to Mars and back. Dumb question. If we go to Mars, what about food and those sorts of things? Food, water, that kind of stuff. Most many of the plans uh, assume that we will send rockets down there to Mars first, and they will they will take food, they will take water, oh, okay. they will take habitats to live in, and then after after that's established and safely in place, then the humans will go there. Uh, let's come back that's, to let's come back to the moon for a second. Yeah. Let's come back to Artemis. I be Artemis three. Or,
0: after that, are we going to try to set up living conditions on the moon, or are we just going to go up,
1: land, come back home again like we did during Apollo? No. What, what the folks who don't like what we did in Apollo call it was flags and footprints. That's what we did on Apollo. <laughs> this time, we're going to build a base there, just like we have in Antarctica. And the idea is that learning to travel through space to get to a target is important, but you also have to get experience close at hand on living on a habitat. You know, things are going to go wrong. It's like it's like moving into a new house. Is the water pump going to work? Is the air conditioner going to work? You're gonna be able to heat. You've got to test all these things out. And the moon is a good place to test it because if something goes wrong, it's only three days back to safety.
0: Yeah, if something goes wrong, we theoretically have the ability to send a rescue crew up or something of that nature, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Chuck. I'm sorry. I'm out of time today. We need to talk more often because I find this is stuff that just fascinates me, um, and I, I am tremendously excited that we're going back into space. I don't care what the motivation or the reason is. I'm just glad that we're doing it once again. Um, and I get, uh, you know, I get all my Twitter when I think about, you know, sending rockets yeah. back to the moon and landing on the moon. And the idea of a maybe a base of some kind on the moon and then. God help us, someday we'll uh, head off to Mars. I, would you go, by the way? Would you go to the moon if they ask you?
1: Well, you know, I was hoping to go on the shuttle. But I was training astronauts to go on the shuttle. And then after Challenger, I realized, gosh, this is really dangerous. Uh, and <laughs> I I would. I mean, what a, what a great way to end your life, going to the moon. Mm-hmm. Not end your life because it crashes, but because you got to achieve something magnificent. Wonderful. Hey, Chuck, thanks for being here today. I have to run. I appreciate it very much, my friend. Listen
0: to more interviews and rants from the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on Apple Podcasts.